Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Right now, today's guest, uh, dear, dear friend, Rob Newman, uh, we we started pretty much the same time, didn't we? We did start at the same time. And I think one of my, but my third ever gig... I was did at the the Earth Exchange Cabaret in uh, an archway. Yeah, and you and you have to point out this is an amazing gig where it was a vegetarian restaurant, <laughs> and they pretty much just gave us food. <laughs> was, and that it was, was a it was a sweet little. It gig. was beautiful. Run, it was like a co-op from yeah. these hippies. Um, they banned Dave Kine for singing "I'm Every Woman," which I thought was quite a beautiful little thing that he did. And then, um, well, why did you, they ban him for that? I don't know. You I can't know. bring that up, Robin. So. Okay. I don't know, okay. I have no factual details. But anyway, I was very touched. You and Michael Redman came along and you said, fellow Irish comic genius, and said, oh, we're just coming along to give you some support. That was very, that was very sweet. I was just sort of doing open spots then. Because I loved you from the off, but like, you, like this is what we're going to talk about mainly, is your journey is just, like, basically you came along and you were probably the best-looking comic ever. I know I, you don't want to... Go down there yourself, but you were, and uh, you were going. What, what are you doing? Doing comedy? You should be doing acting or modelling or something. And but ironically, of all the comics that have ever been on the London stage, only I never got offered um, any film or tele acting work uh, like the rest of you. I got offered one film with Gary Oldman, but I turned it down. But that was what was that? Beethoven. Right. It was, it was uh, with the dog. I never saw the film. I right. never saw the film. But that, you know, obviously that would have opened the doors and everything else would have come my way. But, but you yeah, weren't that a, keen on that, though, were you? No, no. But it doesn't stop you being bitter. <laughs> yeah, nothing does for anyone. But but the weird thing is, like, because when I, uh, like, and I think you, like, you've grown as a person massively. But when you started off, you were very needy, weren't you? So just just so listeners we, aren't confused, this is Sean Hughes asking, <laughs> describing me as needy. Like all just, comics, just in case you think that I've been spending a lot of time in Ireland lately. All comics are needy, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Because like you, you weren't like you didn't really know yourself then. Is what I'm saying. What what you mean by needy is I was I was making overtures of friendship to you, and you thought I don't have these emotions uh, <laughs> to, to 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 give. You know, you're probably right. But what I'm saying is like like. The Rob Newman I first got to know was doing impressions. Yeah, yeah, I was doing and impressions. That's not you, because you are your own person. <laughs> well, that's about finding your own person yeah. as well. And then other people, if you went, if you went well, as well, the stand-ups are very sniffy about it. Say, so, well, you're just a special act. Yeah, jugglers and impressionists always yeah. go well. So I started doing doing more and more um, stand-up, and then I was running very near to where we are now. Yeah, uh, I was running the Alley Club for for it was uh, a lovely club. That was a very nice yeah. club, and then I, I took it over from Igor Thompson and I handed it on to Mark Lamar, who ran it for a year. And that was really great. But so, 
Right, let's go further back then. So tell me why you got into comedy. I was writing jokes for um, a news review at the Canal Cafe Theatre, and I quite fancied the, this uh, barmaid there. And when it was, and she was she laughing was at the actors. Gorgeous. Yeah, and, and she, and she, and then I was. She was laughing at, at at sort of jokes that I'd written for them, and so, and then there was this sort of smoker that, as they called it, every sort of few months where the writers got up and do, did a bit and I told them lies like oh I've been doing gigs on the alternative comedy circuit for ages I've never done a gig in my life and then but then it sort of came to it and I did the sort of you know and, I, and then I sort of got away with it and then I started doing open spots and I think you were just always slightly ahead of me you've always been just slightly ahead of me I've always and then um, and then um, and I was just doing open spots and it was one total death and one sort of managing to ad-lib your way around the fact you've got no material one total death and if I'd ever had two total deaths in a row I would have I would have given up I remember coming out of doing some gig in South London walking over Waterbridge and thinking taking great comfort from the amount of people on the streets of London who hadn't witnessed my sorry humiliation and my shame just thinking okay look all these people they weren't at the gig you know you only just died in front of do I need to say more (laughs) (laughs) but but, so but also, but needy, but in that, if that's needy, yeah, then I wanted it because I, I, I wouldn't give a hoot in hell for uh, that for those, those those comics. I I do I do, when I do gigs now and and um, there's some comics they're just sort of texting them until they till they go on or the, or the, or I just the comedy festival don't. No one gets really uh, agitated that's young like people me. People rather than comics. Well, well, I mean, if you're really and I just think well, but there, but also remember when I used to do clubs, there were certain comics who just used to sort of chat and then wander on or be eating a sandwich. And I think. You were I, very serious. Yeah, because you, because yeah. you, because you, because you, you take it seriously, because you, you believe in it. But you were too. You, 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 yeah, you practice. You practice a but lot, and you we, work We'll a lot. get to this, but the thing is, like, you were being very serious, but then you were going out and doing impressions, and like, that's like, I'm not, you know, you know <laughs> what I mean. It seems an uh, odd, in fact, in that sense of like, you're going, you know, really don't leave me alone, and then you're going doing Donald Duck, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but and I know you're so much better than that. But like this is where this is what I couldn't understand it because like I loved you from the very beginning. Not necessarily that you know you, your act, but I just loved you as a person, and oh. and you were so serious. And then you were just going out and going, "Why are you doing impressions? You're so much better." Which you've gone on to prove. But like, so, well, I think, well, I th- I think, uh, uh, and it is a skill. Don't get me wrong. And you were great at it. It was, it was yes, and um and um. It's learning to have the confidence to be yourself on stage, and there are certain people, and and at the, at the risk of um, listeners thinking that we are in, in in Danny Baker's phrase, weaving daisies into each other's hair and calling ourselves sister, seeing your one night stand. I remember going sitting. That changed. I you thought oh, I can be. That, yeah. And then I remember just sitting on the Edinburgh Mound and then rolling myself down the hill and, and thinking um, that I'd been selling myself short. That you could talk about what you really felt and what you really thought and actually and and, and, and that did change everything you know, changed yeah. a lot how, how i how i did did things i didn't want to tell you that because you've already been insufferable enough and that would just tip you over the edge and now you've sort of just you know We've reined it in enough in. but simon money was saying a really oh, who i who i really love and 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 respect a, a great comedian he was doing mechanic and we were chatting and he said because he, he, I'm doing this thing called the Brain Show, and he's doing this thing about uh, uh, um, Kierkegaard 
this, he talks about this one essay that Kierkegaard wrote about comedy and he, he reads it out, gets no laughs and he goes through it for the rest of for the next hour and he says the important thing is not to let yourself be restricted to the bandwidth of sort of what's acceptable, what everyone else is talking about, what, you know, you know to allow yourself to be odd and weird if that's what you are and not, not, not to, to be narrowed down. I mean, because otherwise you end up in a situation where Stuart Lee put it very well. He went to Edinburgh and he said, just about every act he saw, it was as if they were auditioning to become the psychic for a breakfast DJ. You know, yeah. and that's that. It's that. So that's just, fun. and that was it. Learning to talk from the heart, and I felt that I, yeah. So, would you say when you were doing the impressions, you were the kind of psychic to the DJ? That was that moment of your life. No, I just it was. Um, I enjoyed doing it. It was sort of. Um, it was funny. I was learning. I was learning my craft. Yeah. And and uh, and uh, and uh, and then I was putting in more and more stand up as as I went along, and it was but sort of. Um, let's go back further as well. So, what did you study and stuff at school? At school, what well, university? At university, so uh, I studied English yet, but I didn't at university. But I didn't do any uh, of the footlight stuff or the right. Cambridge stuff. But I remember thinking, how come? I don't know. I was well. I was I was busy rocking backwards and forwards on antidepressants for for some time. Or I did or I did social work, which I really liked. Did sort of community student community action. And am and I not that, wrong in saying, um, like, you know, because obviously we were kind of ships that meet, you know, blah blah blah. But um, your adoption was quite big for you, wasn't it? You had a big thing with that. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm realising just recently how many comics are adopted. Bill Bailey's, I didn't know that. Right. Stuart Lee, uh, I think Rona Cameron was. Um, and um, uh, uh, But I remember that being a big thing for you. Was you, it? Used I to, think you used to bring it up a lot. Did I? Yeah. Did I? Oh, I'm sorry about that. But, no, yeah, no, no, not no, in the slightest. Not so much now. I think I think I tried to trace my mum twice. Once at university and then once in my 30s. And each time it sort of... It, it sort of I know I had a bit of a sort of uh, not mean sort of on my backside for 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 a while afterwards, and then but now I'm I'm all good with that. I think becoming yeah. a parent is is good. That, but also I just sure. but uh, but yeah. do you not remember like it being a, quite a big concern for you back in the day? Uh, did we did we talk about it yeah, a lot? Wow. Honestly, yeah. Wow, well, that's nice. Are you not aware of that? Because no. it's just part of your personality, like, you know, that you'd, you'd bring it up quite a lot. Oh, no, I remember us doing Pitch and Putt and you saying stuff like, and Paul McCartney said, don't be shagging me, daughter. And then Morrissey invited me over by saying, no, someone, I'm a bit busy, I'm seeing Robert Smith. And then, so, you know, and that was that was my memory of our conversations. Right. But who won the Pitch and Putt, though? <laughs> Ardlow Hannon. Uh, so, so, basically, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, why did you become a comedian? Cause like, you've, like we will get to the whole point of you've changed totally, but what made you push you into that kind of man alive? What a question! Uh, mm. Well, I, I enjoy it. I really love it. No, but why? Like you know, there's a kind of there's a sad temperament that makes you want to say, "I will suffer for the rest of my life for this." I don't think it's that suffering. That's much suffering. Oh come on! When you start off, like it's pretty much you saying, "I can do this." When you don't actually know at the time that you can. I see that was the other people doing impressions. See, the first two years really easy. <laughs> it's sort of, uh, you know, a bit of a difficult crowd. Hit them with the top cat. You're sailing. Yeah, but this but, is the whole point I'm saying. Is like you were, like, like not anything against impressions, but you were. I knew you wanted to do better things. Yeah, but why did what what, what leads you into stand up then? I pretty much when I was about fourteen saw Richard Pryor on telly and mm -hmm. just went. Mm -hmm. This man talks to talk. 
yeah, I'd yeah. love to be able to do that. And I wasn't able to do that, even maybe now, still can't. But um, mm. that's that was my kind of push. Well, well, Richard Pryor was the other thing. That was the first time I realised you could... Sort of very much 2000, I started after I'd written a, uh, um, a couple of books, and again, you were you led the way into that. Was the um, you're giving me so much credit, uh, he, he uh, he, he, I just realized it, you could just write the show you wanted rather than lots of stand ups, they just have a gag here, a gag here, and they sort of link them together so it sort of looks like it's it, it's got an organic coherence, but it doesn't. And it was sort of realizing Richard Pryor, he just thinks I'm going to tell you about. What happened when I set myself on fire or when I went to yeah. Africa? And I have confidence in my wit that jokes will accrue. I'm not going to, and, and I'm just, and, and so it's really good. So when they do happen, because they've come out of the very marrow of what he's talking about, it's just richer. And, and I think that's the difference between the, that's, that's yeah. the cats and the, the sheep. Isn't, that, that she isn't it bizarre? Because, like, like Richard Pryor, like you, like mm. me, we're mm. quite lonely people, and yet we're going. I'm going to say stuff that is every man, <laughs> and it's it's a weird thing because we're uh, going. Well, you're probably not. You know, you're actually probably a bit odd. But it's learning not to be every man. I mean, I think Richard Pryor was was being every yeah, man. Or, or the very fact that people can relate to what you said meant he was every man. He's like he's kind of he's punts like you know he. Pretty much said, I think everyone thinks like this, and he was right. Yeah, and that's what we do. I don't I like, know. I like that side. Uh, well, I like this. Yes, you you can connect it to to to, to things. Um, uh, jo- Josie Lung does this wonderful uh, thing about families. I I, I'm not going to quote it because I can't do it right. But you think that's. Surely that was only me that felt that, but then you, everyone in the room exactly, is laughing, yeah. so, they, so they so they must. But that's what I mean. Like you know, it's weirdly we're we're kind of slightly out of society, and yet we're kind of going, "Hey, society, this is how we think." But Harry Hill said a really great thing about how instead he of, never said it great. He did. Right? He, no, he's, he's a fine comedian. You know, he's a fine I'm comedian, joking. and and he, he talks about instead of looking on the outside at the weirdness of the post office queue, I'll put myself in that post office queue, being part of that. That oddness and that madness, and I and I um um uh and and that was with your man Michael Redman. What was so great about yeah. him was that is that he was like sort of Tony Hancock, like this sort of this sort of person not not understanding so, things. Who are your favourite? Like Bridget Christie said she said you're like Stan Laurel or Harold Lloyd, but with better gags. That was the best thing anyone ever said. And I said, Bridget, I'm going to have that buried alongside me when I'm when I'm dead because that's that you want to be like um. Talking about clever clog stuff, you could look a bit arsy, you know, and a bit on your high horse, but because you've got a persona of a sort of an idiot who's yeah. misunderstanding everything, that gets you that gets you uh, yeah, out of no, stuff. That's a very good point, actually, because um, weirdly, with comics, even though we're arrogant and egotists, but we do want to let people know that we're idiotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's an odd thing. It's yeah. it's, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a different kind of strands of it, like yeah, that sense. Because yeah. we're we're never thinking, "Hey, we're great." We're just going, "Hey, we are the failures." But I'd like you to come along <laughs> with me and realize that this is uh, what it's about. Like you know, I, I've never, you know, it's that thing of I've, I've never kind of uh, gone. I'm going to say this thing that I'm really great. It's always like I'm going to let you know mm-hmm. where I've mm-hmm. fucked up. Tolerance, loneliness. Yeah, tolerance, loneliness. Yes, yeah. 
Yeah, but it's nice to be. I'm, I'm enjoying more. But and as you, that's the thing you learn as you get. I, I sometimes think, God, I'm on a bill, and everyone's younger than me, and everything like this. But I think, well, I've, I have learned a few things as I've gone along, and then one is the persona sort of coming along. I remember when you did not sat- fake persona. Though. No, no, no. You find Tony Allen says you find your inner clown sort of yeah. thing, and um, when you were on uh, Saturday Night Live, you said. Um, you were keen to do stuff to show that you were a funny person rather than a person saying funny things. Yeah. So that so you did a lot more your, can I call it the clowning end of your of your stuff? Well, that, that's the weird thing. Like at the moment, I'm doing the railway children, mm-hmm. and um, so we're playing to an audience of like infants and old people, and they do this amazing thing. Right before the show starts, there's a preamble where all the cast goes out. As themselves and just talks to the people. Oh, I can do that. I'm not, I don't. I don't. I'm not, oh, 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 Rob, I can't do honestly, that. Honestly, it, it's amazing. You really? just get to know the audience a little bit, and uh, and it's that thing of I'm finding my inner clown again now because right. of playing to the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's beautiful. Well, you asked me who I admire, and apart from people I've just mentioned, like, like Bridget Christian and Josie Long, I think are magnificent. But John Hegley, and one of the reasons what makes the truly great comics is the ones who can perform for children. Yeah. I've never really done it, but like the buzz of sort of making my five-year-old laugh is very is very big, and sort of or you know, and but he used it for I think for two decades. Him and Otis kind of did these yeah. Lauderdale lunchtime things. But the fact that you could be funny. Properly funny to to kids. I mean, that's. I mean, Chaplin could do that, and, yeah. but that's the mark of a of a. Well, we we had John on comic. this podcast, and one of the proudest moments is uh, I got a tweet from someone just saying, "I've never heard of him before. I am a big fan now." Oh, wow! And it's just like the fact that someone, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. hadn't and like the thing about life in general, getting off totally the subject, is uh, when you discover something new. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. No matter what age you are. What are you discovering at the minute? Um, I kind of, well, as I say, children, again, in that sense of how they kind of pretty much tell you what's what. That's been beautiful in that sense. And, and, and a lot of your comedy was that you'd kept, you know, you know a sort of, uh, 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 you'd, you'd remembered better than the rest of us what it was like to be 14 still yeah. and stuff like that. I always quote your line about... Um, uh, uh, for, forgive me for quoting now because you're probably still doing it because you're not as prolific as the rest of us. <laughs> but um, about the 14 year olds who make the best spies because yeah. you can't get anything out of them. Where are you going? Out. I know, but <laughs> who are you going to be with? You but know, it, it is that weird thing of like, uh, I kind of, uh, I always, like the last three shows of mine, I pretty much jumped back into my childhood. Yeah. For all that. And, um, and that's why, like, with you, like, again, tell me to stop, but. Um, with the adoption, did you feel like really kind of uh, weirded out? Well, it's a weird thing. Is it? Is no? Is it? Is interesting. I don't think either Bill Stewart or me have ever really talk talk about it on stage. But I think it's there in the sort of uh, things do seem sort of comic in a way because they they're one way, but they could be another way. So nothing seems. Um, Inevitable or given that it informs your politics as well because you think, yeah. well, this system is set up like this, but it could be set up like that. Are you voting and, this uh, week? Uh, probably yourself. Do you get a vote? Yeah. yeah. Do, you mean, do I get a vote? What? How long, how long have you been here? Yeah, but you get a vote when you live in England, anyway. My my wife doesn't. She's Bulgarian. Yeah, but then you can't trust a Bulgarian. She don't get no vote. We're all left, aren't we? Uh, yeah. 
So who do you be voting for? I, I, well, I, I'm in the Green Party, but I might in my I've got a very good local candidate. I don't want to say who that was because because of oh, uh, uh, no no because uh, I uh, give away where I live, which uh, and so not that many people listen to this, Roth. Uh, <laughs> it only takes one or two, but uh, uh, so uh, yeah, I'd lo- I'd always vote Green, but. Um, they're not going to get in. Do you mean Fine Gael or No, don't take into <laughs> Irish politics. But um, so I... Are you still voting Dutch? Can you still vote in, in No, in I can't, you can't actually. Because, but, because you've lived here. How long can you carry on voting in Ireland when you're here? I've no idea, but I've no interest. Right. But it's... Um, I I would vote Green if they had a chance of getting in, but they don't. So uh, Lib Dems have got a 5,000 uh, majority in my area, and I think... You a Labour vote might okay. help. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Isn't it weird that you get... If what? everyone votes for... They did the blind test of it, not letting people know which party it was, but when they just did it on policies. Yeah. Um, uh, the, um, and you were UKIP, yeah? And it, yeah, No, no. And it was the Greens got scored the just highest. Just to get rid of your misses. <laughs> Greens, Greens scored, scored the highest. And uh, of when it was a blind test of policies. Uh, so everyone, so if, if people voted for what they wanted, the Greens would be but, in power. But there was a really good poster in um, uh, some art school students. It was the Green Party poster. It said, our Pratt is better than your Pratt. <laughs> but did you, what did you make of the Greens' uh, kind of sing-song kind of I, I, ad that they did? I haven't got to tell you. I haven't seen it. I, I, well, I, they pretty much like did it as a boy band saying... Their, their view was like all the others are kind of just mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. But I just went, that's like it's funny, but I'm just going, you're not really helping yourselves here, aren't you? No. Because Cause we, cause basically, what you were saying about this is going back to a point where you said the Greens' policies you'd all vote for, mm-hmm. but they just went, we're not going to tell you any of our policies. Right, right, right. And I just thought that was a bit odd, really. Yeah, and no one's mentioning climate change in, in any. It's just not sort of been been at the at the forefront of anything. But why is it? Do you think that most comics are left wing? I'm not. I don't think they are at all. At all. I think that's changed. Isn't I that? stand in the corner of the clubs, feeling like Christopher Isherwood in the film Cabaret in the beer garden when all the Germans get up and sing "Tomorrow Belongs to Me," and then Michael York says, "You still think you can Their stop?" Their day them. will come. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's just terrifying. They're all right wing. They're all and they're all sort of. It's, it's appalling what you hear. The amount of anti-gypsy stuff. The amount of incredible sexist stuff. It's just. It's just. It's just. It's appalling. So where in fact, the almost happen? all the famous ones are really right wing. And uh, and with and you know and in fact you're only, you're only pretty much, you know, in this this we grew up in the seventies, which was you know very uh, it was a time of highest social mobility ever. Um, people like Simon Munro, who's a, who dad's a plumber in Watford, you know, he sort of is at, at Cambridge, and me going to Cambridge on a full grant and everything like that. And um, and now, just about everybody in in. Everyone on Question Time, millionaire. It's got a full range of millionaire opinions. Everyone on, you know, who gets to have their opinion anywhere. It's sort of just, it's just different. It's a spectrum of millionaire opinion. So you can have some sort of centre right millionaires or some right wing millionaires. Yeah, and that's but it. like when we started off, we mm. were all doing it for the good of society, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't laugh. That is true. We wanted to try and make. Some sort of change and make still, still, still did. I'd not. I think I wanted to. 
I, I just want to make people laugh. Oh, I don't. I don't oh, laugh. I, I just laugh. Harry, shag out. I don't care. <laughs> I just. Yeah. No, I we mean, we were all kind of. We Molly Corbett impression. Because it looks. at the end. Go on. The big difference was when we were doing it was um, there was. We just we didn't see it as I'm a way to TV. It, yeah, we yeah. all are. But you know when we started off. But now, if someone starts off, they're going, yeah, I'll do this for a bit, and then I'll get my own TV show. We didn't think like that. Oh, I think I was always hoping for a TV show, but I, but I didn't think... I, I still thought I'd carry on doing stand-up. See, we're going to get to this in the second part of the show, so I'm, I'm cagely avoiding certain subjects at the moment. But, um, but like, it was, like, just this general thing of, oh, my God, I can have a voice. That's and still they the joy. Don't, they don't have that now. That's still, that's still the... The it is one of the last bastions of free speech, um, stand up, you know, and and um, uh, and it is there's something sacred and precious and rare about um, being in a room live with those people, and it's 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 sort it's of beautiful. A, it's a beautiful. It is really beautiful, uh, yeah. And um, uh, uh, um. Uh, a friend of mine who's an actress. I just, I just sort of, uh, I just really wanted. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't come once. And I was just at this benefit at the comedy store. And I thought, oh God, I wish she'd been there. It was just, it was just, it was just sort of magic. And I, she, because, um, and, and I sort of didn't talk to her for about a year afterwards. Cause I thought, oh, she's missed this. She'll never know. Sort of, and it wasn't. It was Daniel Kitson was on, and he was, are. and he was comparing, and it was just, it was just sort of magic. And I thought, I bet theatres, it's very rare that it's ever as good as this, you know. It was really no, good. There's, there's definitely something more real about uh, proper comedy. Do you like Kitson? Oh, I love him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's fantastic, isn't he? So, do you go to see much comedy now, though? I, I, I can't... I, 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 no. I mean, I, I just sort of... Um, no. I, I, in fact, never. I do mean, never. I just keep I, an interest in it, though? A little bit. When I do... I, at Lolitics, when I'm doing new material, or if I... Doing in a benefit bin, and I watch you know watch someone else. On, but I'm really out of touch with with um, everything that's going on. Do you go out at all? Almost never, no. Except to do gigs. Yeah, I think I've been out since my daughter's born. I've been out about three times. Yeah. So yeah. is that kind of um, so is that just like personality or just because like I I find like cause I want to <laughs> get to the journey, but um, so it's that thing of. Um, you kind of came to fatherhood quite late, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, and I remember you telling me you just you met your wife in a cafe and you just started chatting to her. Yeah, yeah I said that. I said my I asked her where she was from. She said Bulgarian. I said that my one phrase is Bulgarian. Please help me. I'm so lonely. And then uh, and it was um, seven years ago. And um, yeah, I think she would have. Expected to have problems, but the fact that it was one of my first ever long-term relationships might not have been one of the problems of going out with a man of my advanced years. But um, what age are you now? Uh, I'm almost. I'm pushing. I'm pushing thirty-five now. Pushing so, thirty-five yeah. upwards, yeah. sir. <laughs> you do look thirty-five, but Thank you're you not. No. But so is that thing of um, and have you taken to fatherhood then? It's a great joy. It's a great joy. Best thing I ever. Yin and yang. When you say yin and yang, what do you mean? As in pluses and bonuses and minuses, and you wouldn't want to be doing anything else, you know. Well, I've done the other thing. <laughs> I've just been alone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I love my. I mean, I love. I get these two hours when I wake up in the morning, 
from about six until eight, and I and I just read and I have the house to myself and it's quiet before the girls wake up and that's heaven. But Your five year old doesn't wake up too late. Yeah, she, she's like a teenager. <laughs> have you put her on the trunk? <laughs> Goes to bed very late. I'm a... God. So, um, so that's your me time, then, yeah? Yeah. And is that when you see you read, do you also think about stuff? I don't think I do until, but then if something interrupts me, I get really cross because I think, oh, I must have. So I must have been thinking about stuff. But that, that, and washing up is when I do me, is when I do my, do my thinking, not for what it up. is. Yeah, I was, as Homer Simpson says, I want to be left alone with my thought. But did, so, right? Did you wash up this morning? Yeah. What did you think about? Uh, I thought of uh, you telling me uh, that I, you, I said oh, I should be doing this. And I should be on this by now, and I should be this. And you said you just haven't earned it yet, baby. And I thought that was quite. It was, it was, that, was, that, it was that the late too? 80s, yeah. It was, qu- it was quite... Um, you were very ambitious when you were young. Yeah, and I think it was quite good just to sort of think... Because I think everyone now, they do... My manager says, you, the younger couple, they do, you do... Just like I was then, they do, they do two gigs that go quite well. I think, well, I should be doing the O2 uh-huh. Arena now. And it was quite, it was quite good to, to say, um, you just haven't earned it yet, baby. But it is that weird thing of... Uh, because I guess we were just... Like, you know... Alternative comedy was starting to happen, and we came out at the back line of that. Yeah. But we still have the same philosophy of those guys. Yeah, but then it wasn't so easy, and you couldn't just say oatcakes and Thatcher and get a laugh. You know, you had to, we had to have, we, we had to get up jokes and yeah. things. Well, we were the, like, we were the kind of young bucks, because everyone else was really <laughs> old. And they despised us, didn't they? <laughs> so, what are these? And, oh, I thought it was just me, but yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. because, and, and also because we were a bit more showbiz. I, sh- I wouldn't say show. No, but, but no, but a bit more. Perf- we performed a bit. They rather yeah. they stood there like geography teachers saying stuff, yeah. and we would sort of, I don't know, be a, hey. a bit sillier, going, yeah, yeah hey. Yeah, but, just, but no, because like, what was the first uh, comedy gig you actually went to? Oh, that's a very interesting question. Yes, I went to. Um, well, I used to sort of go and study them all. I used to go. And, I remember sort of going to see, sort of uh, Steve Murray, who did this teddy bear act, and. Uh, now, this is when you were thinking of doing it yourself? I think it was when I just first started. I remember going to the to the railway club and seeing... Was, I just remember going to going to the Punchline Comedy Club and Simon Bly was on, and he did a ro- lovely act. And then afterwards, he sort of... And he had a Hawaiian shirt and cut-offs, and he, and he, and he put on his glasses, and he got on a bike, and he cycled off, and I thought, that is so cool. I want to be that guy. I thought that was really good. He'd done this, and now he's going to cycle And that's when off. you started doing professional cycling. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the first time as well, I'm just getting paid, I don't know what gig I'd done, but getting I think a guilty pee or something, and getting three pounds, because it was a half spot. I'm just thinking, wow, this money, I just remember it came from comedy. It wasn't from you know, doing like painting or making something or working, you know, in a warehouse, I'd done all yeah. those things, and I thought, "Wow, this was just stuff I made up and said, and someone's given me money, coin of the realm." But this this goes back to like beyond comedy, that the pure joy of simple things, yeah, yeah. which always makes me happiest. You know, like beyond anything, like not huge things make me happy, just tiny little things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's what I like about that's one of the few standards who doesn't have um, uh, um, uh, multimedia. You're not doing all that, are you? The VDU screens and all that on stage with you, or, yeah. or are you know, although I've gone, if we're I talking about this, operate, I've gone prop crazy. I've got I've got big props for the for this new for the brain show. I've got an MRI hat that measure uh, where are the points in the show that uh, uh, 
gives a sort of light, real-time uh, register of my brain activity, of sort of my neural activity during during the show. Yeah, you've lost me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll finish this one now. Let's start part two of the brain show. <laughs> Nail salon. What? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. 